when we're when we're down the fart jokes, we are we we are officially run out of news, Mike. A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Thor is going to Ragnar rock our world. Oh, Chris. Oh, <laughs> Silver tongue you. I've <laughs> been saving that one up all week. The, the Kingsmen get American versions for the Golden Circle. Okay. All right. I, we watched, I watched Kingsmen this week. It's good. The Jedi are coming to an end, Mike. Ooh, buddy. Gotta let them go. Gotta let them go. And more. And more. Wow. So when we were... Uh, before we hopped on these mics to start recording, we started uh, compiling our notes, making sure we didn't miss anything. We realized so many trailers came out this week. Like, obviously, uh, we're going to talk about the big two here at the top of the show. But then there was, like, three other, like, sneaky trailers that are in these notes. So, man, so many trailers to talk about this week, and there are always plenty of things to talk about there. That's right. Speaking of trailers, it's Easter Sunday, Mike, and I went to visit my family mm-hmm. today, and, and we, we drove past a lot of 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 uh trailers, trailers. on the way there <laughs> but that's where i was coming but also today i just want to give a shit well, my, my first shout out of the show to my uncle dink who uh i did not know listens to the show and uh, All right. listens to the podcast uncle dink <laughs> so uh thank you thank you for listening if you're listening now uh thank you for listening i do appreciate it, it touches my heart tugs on them heartstrings so uh it's glad to know that you know uh, the people you don't know who listen are listening. So that that felt that felt good. Yeah, that's awesome. So, we love that. We do love it. Do love it. Um, also, want to give everyone a heads up. Uh, I can't figure out why my smoke alarm is going off. So if you hear <laughs> a little chirping that we can't edit out, uh, it's that going off every couple seconds. We've replaced the batteries. It's taken off the ceiling. Like it's short of like you know cutting cords and like finding if it's accessible via breakers. I, I don't know what to do. So you, you know what? I just like to paint a picture in my head. That you live in a picturesque um, landscape, and you have the windows open, and you just have like delightful little birds coming through, and every once in a while they chirp. So I think maybe mm-hmm. if we paint that picture for our listeners, uh, maybe it won't be so much of an annoyance if they hear a smoke alarm every once in a while. So just imagining a cute little bird and just swirling around Chris, perching on his shoulder, uh, enjoying the news as well. Yeah, yeah. I a little bird told me about all this news <laughs> today, Mike. How about we? You paint that picture. Uh, I've got another shout out, but first, Mike, do you have anything going on? Anything good you want to share? Man, all, all I was gonna say is uh, when we do this show, we kind of save up all of our opinions and a lot of our conversations until Sunday. So we got some big old stuff to talk about this week. So I'm I'm ready to roll into it once you get this other shout out out of the way. So the first shout out is directly lit related to our first topic. Uh, I want to give a shout to Superfan Jim. Mm-hmm. And because I went on the hunt for a pop vinyl this week that came out uh, at GameStop only, and no matter how what I do, the system's always against me because every <laughs> GameStop I walked into, they were like, "Yes, we have this pop, but we are holding it for other customers." Ah, oh, bastards! Well, I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm here right now. I will I will buy this from you." Like, mm-hmm. wh- why are you holding it for people who just happen to call in? When you're opening up the people who are here. Steam broccoli aside, 
So I was looking for this pop. It's a pop vinyl released in order of Star Wars Celebration. Wow, cool. And it is Luke Skywalker hooded with his green lightsaber from the Ooh. beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi. Nice. So uh, I it just had, that has a special place to me. The green lightsaber. Growing up, I remember having one and, and that character. So uh, I was he was able to find one in his GameStop several states away, ship it up, and mail it to me. Damn, and nice. Nice one, so, Jim. Yeah, real, real big shout out for that. Uh, and he also wrote on the box, um, it doesn't offend me. So <laughs> if anyone in the mail system is now listening to our show um, because you saw these notes, thank you uh, for what you do. And, and thanks again to Superfan Jim for getting that for me and, and mailing it my way. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Here. It's just it's nerd love community out there. I love that. Yeah, very, very much obliged. But because it came out, that means it was Star Wars Celebration this week in Orlando. And what did we get? What did we get, Chris? Well, um, I think, uh, I believe there might have been some footage, maybe a trailer? Woo! Star Wars! It's back, baby. It's back in full effect. The, the battle cry is back. Uh, we got it Friday, I believe around noon, my time, Eastern. Uh, I'm sitting there watching the live feed, watching it live, and they're they're even they're even messing with people. They're like, we got some footage, and it's <laughs> the poster, the new poster that came out, and um, it's actually a cool looking poster. Uh, they're they're really diving into the red theme on this movie mm-hmm. uh, between the logo and and everything. But then they were like, you know what? We know what you're here for. We got a trailer. Of course, there's a trailer. So they showed us the director Ryan Johnson gave us the trailer for Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Mike. And we've not talked about this. Who no, we haven't. We have not talked about this. What, what, what were your feelings watching this trailer? Well, feelings I think is the best way to describe the trailer because they Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, and this has been some of the best teaser trailers I think I've ever seen because they just really hold true to what teaser really means, where. They're not giving you really any big plot points. They're just kind of giving you pretty vistas, just awesome cinematography, usually some very kind of cryptic narration, and then uh, you just get to you just get to enjoy the feeling that you get. And I was just I was just happy the whole time. And I think the biggest reason why I'm happy is because it's awesome to see these characters again. That's what the For- Force Awakens did so well. Whether you want to criticize it. Uh, yes or no, because they basically retreaded on A New Hope with uh, what they did with basically a Death Star again. But they made awesome characters, and that's what you always want to see uh, in storytelling. You just want to see characters that you just want to hang out with. And like one of the first things you see in this teaser trailer is you see Rey like just down on the ground, just like panting because she's like training with Luke, uh, assuming. And that's just awesome because we loved Rey. We get to see Finn in, in some sort of... Um, uh, chamber. Uh, I think that's the only time we get to see him. So I don't know if that's true. some sort. I don't know if that's some sort of maybe like uh, sneaky way they're sneaking him into some place, or maybe he's legitimately hurt. I don't know. We get to see like Poe running down a hallway with with BB-8 on his side. We get to see. Uh, I think maybe just the back of Leia. I don't know if they showed yes. the front of her or not. Um, just obviously. The back. We get uh, we get some shrouded bits of Luke as well. Um, you know, we get to see a little bit of. Um, Kylo Ren's face behind that awesome cross saber. I mean, it's just awesome, beautiful shots. I love seeing the characters, and it's just, 
I mean, I, the uh, the first thing that I compare it to instantly in my mind is Rogue One because it's the last Star Wars movie that we saw. And even though effectively that was a, a, a film that was made well, you know, we didn't really get to fall in love with any of the characters. You know, not only did they all die, but, you know, the only ones that I think people really Spoilers. like. <laughs> I think the only ones people really connected to was probably K2SO. You know, so it's awesome just kind of being back into our, our, our I guess, um, you can't even say original Star Wars world anymore. I guess canon Star Wars or just normal the, the, Star the Wars main, line. The main story. Yeah, yeah really the main story. It. So it's just so, it's nice being back in there again, man. Yeah, it was it was very good. Uh, I mean, it, it plays on a lot of again Empire Strikes Back, a big comparison because Luke spent his training in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda and you know Yoda being the calm level one. So it's, I'm I'm interested to see Luke being the trainer for Rey because we've never really seen him train anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple things it looks like we also get to see the fall of him of his like original like uh, little group of people. Uh, because I think there's a scene where like he it's from the flashback in the first one where he's with R2-D2 and everything's in fire and then the first order is coming through mm-hmm. to get him. Um, a couple other things. Uh, the We get to see the, uh, looks like um, rebel speeders. One of them's kind of wonky on this big desert planet with like uh, red red dust being kicked up. Yeah, they seem, towards they big, seem uh, to be some walkers. sort of um, like crop duster or something like that. Well, it's it's actually skimming the the ground, and the ground is kicking up red minerals. Oh, uh, it is okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's, so it's, it's, the planet's called Crate, um, which actually relates to someone I think from Rogue One. I, I don't really remember another movie. Uh, there's uh, if you go on Reddit, you're gonna find out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the Crate planet, he did confirm that it's a mineral planet where there used to be an old Rebel base, and it's now been abandoned. We don't know how it plays in there, but there are big walkers in the distance. And I believe they are not AT-ATs, but larger versions of those. Oh, damn. From the First Order. Well, I mean, larger Death Star in the last movie, so we got to get larger walkers now. Got to get bigger. Uh, Another funny thing I thought was, you're talking about the the, the scene with Finn. Uh Um, Someone actually went to and and translated that from the known uh, Star Wars languages. Mm -hmm. And most of it looks like someone just mashed on a keyboard, and none of it makes any sense at all. (laughs) Except... Except there's one word that says stable. So I think this is picking up from the end of uh, The Force Awakens, where he got sliced up in the back by, mm. by Kylo's lightsaber. Yeah, that, that could be it. And, um, I think, you know, it just the, we see space battles. There's some, some ships flying around at the end. Uh, Luke is very ominous with his yeah. statement there. The, I think this, that's the, the big has to end. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to talk about out of this whole trailer because that's kind of the little bit of plot that we get, and I really love it because you can't you can't really know for sure what he's saying. So do, is he saying he just foresees this happening no matter what? Like, oh, no matter what we do, the Jedi are going to end. Uh, we're just going to have to do our best while we're still here. Or does he think himself, like, no, the Jedi are not as great as we think they are. We can't just be walking around this galaxy like we own it and, like, you know, we're, like, the police of the galaxy. I kind of like that idea of that, like, Luke has, you know, been a Jedi for so long now. He has seen so much of the ups and downs and he's like been in the rebellion and he's seen like the dark side and the light side. He's just been so personally attached to everything the Force. It makes me think that now he's just like he's not only he is he one of the last Jedi, but he's one of the smartest uh Jedi out there. He's met like the most he met like basically all the Jedi masters I feel like when he was alive. 
So I think it's really, really cool that maybe now he has this whole new perspective on everything that he's going to lay out for Ray, and maybe if he gets to see Kylo again, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why Kylo went rogue. Maybe uh, Luke had kind of these kind of drastic ideas of what he thought the Jedi were, and maybe Kylo didn't like that idea or something like that. But maybe he, maybe he thinks, you know, for, I guess, I don't know, do you call these characters in, in the Star Wars universe humans? Um, yeah, I, um, I guess yeah. I guess maybe he thinks humans just shouldn't be wielding the force or something. I don't know. I just really like this this dynamic because it sounds like it could be very new. We haven't seen this in the movies yet. So and like I've said basically now for what the last year and a half now, what I'm hoping we get out of the less Jedi is just something different, you know, because there there is lots of like arguments on yes or no, whether they should have just retreaded. Uh, with The Force Awakens, you know, to get new audience, bring people back in, whatever. You know, it's fine. It's in the past, and I love the movie. So now let's move on and do something new. So, And mm-hmm. from what I see, it looks like there's lots of really awesome stuff that's coming in this movie. Yeah, so I, my hope is that they, again, don't retread uh, and The Empire Strikes Back. Um, these The the walkers are one thing that kind of make me worry. Um, mm-hmm. Someone in a pod who's not necessarily dead or alive, kind of like the end of Empire when Han Solo is taken away in his little uh, carbonite state. And hopefully we don't, the big hang up at the end is not who Ray's parents are. Uh, that yeah. would be kind of, kind of it. But I tell you what, we didn't see Hux and we didn't see Snoke in this teaser. Again, mm-hmm. this is just a teaser. So they've, it, I've got a lot of questions. I want to know more. I want to see this movie so bad, Mike, why do we have to wait eight months? <laughs> uh, but I, I think to me, I think Luke is more, he's been out here by himself that he we saw the the Jedi Order symbol. That's the the symbol that someone was touching in one of those books. Mm-hmm. The symbol of the Jedi. Maybe to me, it's like you know, it's not light side, dark side, and it's not so drastic. There might be gray areas of the Force. Yeah, and he's maybe he's come to realize that you know, like you can't be Jedi and you can't just be Sith because there's more layers to this than than yeah. previously thought. And so. that sounds awesome. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, I'm just excited to see these characters again, just because there's so much fun to hang out with and be around. And also, I really like seeing all of the actors' uh, social media profiles from Star Wars Celebration, because we're going to talk a little bit more about Celebration here in just a second. But it was really awesome seeing uh, John Boyega do like a floor walk at Star Wars Celebration. He was like walking around giving people high fives and stuff. He like was kneeling down and hugging somebody's like BB 8 that they had on out there. And then like Mark Hamill has been like all over everything. Uh, so he's been doing like meetups and stuff like that. I, he, like he, I saw that he wrote a sign for people that he was meeting saying he lost his voice. So he was just like kind of miming things with people. So uh mark hamill just looks like he's so much fun to be around i've heard him like in interviews and stuff on other podcasts and he's just like he's just a nerd just like the rest of us he's like a collect he loves like collecting really nerdy stuff you know obviously he's he he's in some of the awesomest nerdiest stuff out there on the planet so i love that we still have mark hamill in our star wars universe and he wasn't killed off in force awakens yeah yeah so i i I really i watched the thing live and seen Mark Hamill on stage. He's like he's just so passionate about it, and he just cares so much about you know the universe itself and the fandom. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's just fun. And again, you know, to imagine him doing his voice acting stuff, he's so versatile. And mm-hmm. um, though he may not look this, he didn't age nearly as well as maybe Harrison Ford did uh, from the first movies. I, I still think he he's a guy I would want to hang out with more than Harrison Ford, simply because of like the energy. <laughs> he's, and, just, and he's, yeah, he's just not a grumpy old man. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, yeah. So, sorry, Super Fan Jim. I know I gave you a shout earlier, but we're, we're not as big on Harrison Ford as you might be right now. Yeah, and trust so, me, it's not like we're ever going to have a scenario where they're both standing in front of us and be like, sorry, Harrison, go on. Like, yeah. of, course, of course we can all go get coffee together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you want to drink coffee, we just won't ride in a plane with you. That's all. Please, well, please I, that, there's another reason you probably don't want to ride in a plane with <laughs> This is true. That's true. So we got the last Jedi trailer. It was awesome. Star Wars Celebration went on. I watched, I've watched. i watched a lot of it, Mike. Um, at one point, they brought George Lucas on stage. Uh, he was being interviewed. The panel moderator was Warwick Davis, who is known for oh, playing. Oh, awesome. I, I love Warwick Davis, yeah. Ewoks. They had um, Anthony Daniels, uh, C-3PO up mm-hmm. there. They had um, Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian on stage. These are all at the same time. Um, I cannot believe – I remember the guy who plays Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's it. Yep. They brought out Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, oh, all man. of these actors on the stage at the same time. That's amazing. With, with George Lucas. And, again, people give Lucas hell for his more modern stuff, but he did – create this universe that we all love and, yeah. and are passionate about. Exactly. The biggest problem with uh, Lucas is he just needed a team, and then his franchise just got way too big, and people just trusted him way too much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when creating um, creating movies and worlds is a big team effort. You need a lot of people throwing around ideas, and I, I, I think people maybe just got too intimidated with, with him after a while, but, you know... Either way, I, I, I still love the guy. I mean, come on. He donated his $4 billion for his franchise like to charity. I mean, you can't you can't hate that guy, even if he just made yeah. some bad movies, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, he did do a lot for the expanded universe and building the characters beyond just their movies, yeah. like guiding that. And, uh, you know, some of the TV shows we'll talk about later, he kind of guided and helped out. So that's awesome. However, sadly, they were not able to bring Carrie Fisher to – the uh-huh. celebration because of her passing in December. They did play a really good tribute to her though. Uh, for yeah, this. I heard it was really touching. It was a very touching tribute. And they had, um, the, the guy who does the music. I I'm blanking on his name. John, John Williams, <laughs> John Williams. I want to say Anthony Williams, wasn't it? But he was out, he had, he was actually, you know, they had him like conducting Leia's theme and other star Wars stuff there during it. It was really touching, but per Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, now, she says that Carrie Fisher will not be in Star Wars Episode Nine mm. anymore. And the last report was from her brother, who may have been confused or had older information. So um, we will have to go out knowing that Episode Eight will be the last Star Wars film with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, so. I yeah, I just you know, it, it, she didn't seem to be a huge integral part to Episode Seven. It almost seemed like she had more of like a. Um, like a just like a, a sub role, you know. So hopefully, like a lot of the plot of the movie doesn't hinge on her character. But it seems like if they could take her out of that last movie, maybe it wasn't too much of a big deal. But you know, I'm just glad that we kind of get this last movie with her at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's awesome that I guess you know she was around long enough to see the kind of like the rebirth of these Star Wars movies. So I think I think we're just lucky that we got these Star Wars movies just at the time we did because you know for some reason. Maybe Lucas or Disney just approached this deal a couple years later. You know, we wouldn't have even had this opportunity. So, I think any Carrie Fisher we get is better than none. Yep. And she did finish all of her stuff for eight, so it's not like they have to rearrange her or do anything to to make it work. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's good. Star Wars Rebels, Mike. Have you watched the show yet at all? Um, I've seen clips of it. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole episode, but I've I've been linked to different clips and scenes, so I'm I'm, I'm familiar with uh, the quality, and it seems to be pretty high quality for a TV show. 
Yeah, so Star Wars, I believe, the Clone Wars animated show ran for six or seven seasons. It was a great show. Love the show. Starts off very kid-oriented, gets really dark and adult by the end. It's great to see the characters evolve. Introduce a new character, Ahsoka, we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, Rebels is the, essentially the sequel to that. It picks up between episodes um, three and four, and uh, some of the characters are actually in uh, um, Rogue One. Uh, their ship is so uh so that's cool but season four this upcoming season of rebels will be the last season they said um i think you know it's natural they they plan it out they have the whole season to do it they're not cut off at the end kind of like that so um that'll be uh, interesting to see where that ends up and maybe what the next project is i I like the star wars anime stuff they really put a lot of uh time and effort and 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 quality into it so Mm -hmm. uh, i'm really excited to see where that goes so anyone who likes rebels uh, season four will be the last, so you can you can catch up on that pretty soon. Uh, another series they announced there is called Star Wars: Forces of Destiny, and despite the fact that it sounds like some sort of video game property, uh, it's a bunch of animated shorts and merchandise focused on female characters in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I was kind uh, of just looking through these, and the art kind of looks similar to when we had the two D Clone Wars cartoons back in the day from. Gengi Tartakovsky. It's slightly different art style, but you're kind of getting that same type of uh, uh, f- uh, 2D nature. So um, it looks like these might be kind of lower budget. So it doesn't seem like they're going to be um, like uh, like prime time, I guess, shows. You know? Yeah, I think these might be like maybe like on Disney uh, XD uh, kind of thing. Uh, Di- uh, Disney's YouTube channel sounds here, um, but they like they, they have Mickey Mouse shorts on Disney XD. They're like ten minutes long or something like that, mm-hmm. and about this animation quality. So I figured this is probably where it's at. But you can see here they have you know Ray, Leia, Ahsoka from the Clone Wars, and um, uh, Jin Urso from Rogue One. So, and then below that you see some of the figures they're doing there, and that includes Sabine from uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, one of the characters. So. Uh, they promised they'd push uh, stuff for girls who like Star Wars, and they're really doing it. They're going all in on this. So. Yeah, and I think they're going to be extra prepared now for, I guess, this next run of toys because we heard that uh, that there was a shortage of Rey figures uh, when the last movie came out. So I don't know if they just under, understated her popularity, but I think they're going to be ready to go for these female action figures, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, it is a it is a series that's always had a strong female protagonist in it. So, uh, got got to roll with that and and be with the times. Lastly, the newest thing that came out yesterday uh, was the Battle Star Wars Battlefront Two, the trailer for the new game. Yes, tell um, me tell me about this because uh, I never got around to playing. Uh, I guess Battlefront One. I guess is what they. I guess it would have. It's just Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, just Battlefront. So, um, so you may remember the Battlefront games from old. 10 plus years ago, they came out, I think, on PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. And huge popularity. Great games to play. Uh, they relaunched them uh, with EA and I believe DICE in 20, I say two years ago. So, right before The Force Awakens came out. Uh-huh. And um, it was an okay game. Very multiplayer. Very kind of. People didn't like it because it had no single player. It was all multiplayer. Yeah, I heard people thought the game was a little light for like a full, like, you know, $60 game. It, it is. It's very hard to get into. I've I've played it briefly. I just bought the season pass this weekend because it was on sale. Now. But like the stuff they added, like right now, it would be a great sixty dollars game if it came mm-hmm. out now with everything it came out with. However, you know, EA Dice, they, you know, they had they had a they had a chance with this property. They they made it, it looks good. It sounds great, but it wasn't fully featured. So this new one's coming out, Battlefront Two. It has a full single player campaign where you follow oh, actually. Awesome. A person, she is a leader in the Imperial Army. You're wow. not playing the good guys for once in a campaign. 
uh, which I thought was a very great take on Star Wars because you always play the good guys usually. Uh-huh. And so you follow this. Uh, she starts there. She sees the blow up of the Death Star at the end of Return of the Jedi, and um, you follow her all the way up to meeting uh, the Kylo Ren, the Knights of Ren, Luke, and and all them. So oh, that over sounds, thirty that years sounds rad. So uh, yeah, her campaign takes place across thirty years of Star Wars stuff as they kind of went into hiding. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So multiplayer's kicked it up a notch. They've added historical characters, historical battles. So you get to play as. Uh, Darth Maul and Yoda this time in multiplayer when you get characters. Oh, sick. I love that. Uh, you get the new characters coming up in The Last Jedi, such you know as uh, older Luke and Rey and stuff like that. So you got all these years of stuff to pull from and add in there. You can customize how your characters and your starfighters look. Uh, I think it's going to come and land with the lessons learned from the first one mm-hmm. and, and really give us a, a good shot. It comes out this November, and I... As a Star Wars fan, I will support this because I want more Star Wars video games. So yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds rad, man. It sounds like it's yeah. fully featured, you know. Yeah, it does. It sounds like they, they again they listened. They gave us a single player campaign. There's split screen on this one, Mike. You can play split screen with a friend. So nice. if you want, if you want to not buy an Xbox and head over to friend of the show Quentin Parker's and play with me, <laughs> we can hop on and you know shoot some rebel scum or yeah. last I, last I heard he was trying to buy a Switch. So I don't know if this is coming out on Switch or not. Oh no, Quentin! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> no, I you want to go... buy one because I'm I probably not going to around buying it, so I can just use well, this. I'd say you could buy one of those Nintendo retro consoles, but they've already discontinued <laughs> those after they sold all ten of them. So that's uh, a that's a topic for a different day. But yeah, so Battlefront Two coming out this November. Really excited. Um, we'll definitely keep. I'm, I hope an open beta comes out soon, so I'll, I'll I'll be playing that. Yeah. But now it's time to head to the other side of the galaxy, Mike. Another galaxy far, far away in a trailer we got on Monday with Thor Ragnarok. Oh, man. I am, tell you, I am so uh, excited. <laughs> we, you have, I, I, um, I have no words to describe how, um, A, awesome it was to predict this trailer to begin with. Because I said last week, we're getting a trailer this week. Yeah. Uh, and then B, this just blew me away. I was, oh, yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this this week. <laughs> I, it is so, so energetic and good and builds up to the right moments. And, again, it's a teaser. As Mike said earlier, it doesn't give anything away. Mike, lay it on me. Thor Ragnarok, did it rock your world? Oh, my gosh. It did so much. Uh, I, th- I think, honestly, a lot of the enjoyment of the trailer comes from the selection of the music. But I don't think that's necessarily a hit on it. I think they just picked an awesome soundtrack to go with this teaser trailer. And uh, I think this is another awesome teaser, tra- teaser trailer. It's not as subtle as the Star Wars one was, but this is everything that they wanted because I think they knew that, like, okay, I think the last two Thor movies get get uh, slagged on a little bit compared to all the other Marvel movies out there. So we're just going to show them that we are here to freaking play. So they we got, like, awesome footage of Hela. Like, the first time we see her full, go full out, not mm-hmm. only does she go full out, she freaking destroys Molnir like, right at the beginning of the trailer. I mean, that's crazy. I thought that was going to be kind of a seminal moment that we would build up to in the movie, and it looks like this is going to happen right at, right at the beginning, and she just blows it up, and then the trailer just, get, like, kicks into 11, like, for the the whole time. So it's just a roller coaster ride watching this trailer. It's so much fun. 
you know, we get to see all of these awesome things happen. Like everything goes by so fast. I'm trying just to, to think of all the things. Like they have that moment where all this kind of like fire and smoke fills Asgard and stuff like that. Yeah. You get you get to see like Loki throwing some daggers around and everything. Well, so let's not it, forget your favorite part with Jeff Goldblum and Loki on a very very long couch. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just an awesome shot. You get to see them on this long couch looking down at like the stadium. You know, there's just so much room separating the two of them. So it doesn't look like they're necessarily palling around so maybe Loki's kind of half been dragged there or maybe he just kind of wants to observe doesn't really want to get in the inside of Jeff Goldblum's me, circle but I mean me, all me, the awesome characters around that couch also look really cool too let me let me lay a thought on you on this so this trailer leads to one so to me Star Wars is a great trailer but Star Wars does not have a lot to prove after the success of the last two movies yes Thor has a lot to prove mm-hmm. to a lot of people and if this one falls flat, then, you know, that's probably it for Thor movies, to be honest. Um, and maybe Marvel delving into that. Well, to be, hits- to be fair, this might be the last Thor movie because you, it's kind of the rule of threes right. with these characters so far. Right. Well, exactly. But they may not be able to be like, hey, let's step into, like, you know, Norse mythology again or any of these characters. Um, but at the end of this, this trailer delivers the Hulk versus Thor. And... Oh. Uh, and my yeah. thoughts are this is that if Jeff Goldblum and Loki are, are there, who was the only person to ever kick Loki's ass other than Thor? Mm-hmm. The it Hulk was, in the yeah. end of Avengers. So if maybe he has brought the Hulk there to fight Thor to keep Thor you know, uh, defeated. Maybe. I mean, the, the the great thing about Loki, since he's the best villain in the Marvel Universe, is he's al- he always has all of these different plans going on. So even though if we think... You know, Loki wants to, like, kill Thor. Like, but does he really? You know, it's his brother. You know, he kind of hates him, but he also kind of likes to keep him around, so... But I mean, I mean, we're just burying the lead at this point. The best moment of the trailer is when uh, when Thor looks up at him and he goes, "Yes," because like you just don't know what's gonna happen. Because you think he's gonna be surprised and shocked and scared because he has to fight the Hulk, but no, it's totally the opposite. He's super psyched to see Hulk, and he's just like, "I know him. He's a friend from work." I mean, I lost it when I saw that part. I was like, I was already sold on this trailer. I mean, the Led Zeppelin song just carrying us carrying us through all these awesome moments and then we get to see that like it's just classic marvel humor that we love in these movies next to all this awesome action and it's just it's i think it's the like it's the best trailer i think of anything we're gonna get all year so if oh, i that's, put, a, that's a bold claim no I, I i it's gonna be hard to beat this trailer now i would i would say you know teaser trailers are the best trailers right now i guess in the iteration that they are just because it's the first trailer you get and it's not really just a logo reveal anymore which is kind of what teaser trailers used to be a long time ago just kind of maybe some narration with like a, a logo fading out from black or whatever so now we get these teaser trailers just here to entice us so I think they're awesome now. They're at this perfect moment where we just get exactly what we need. In a perfect world, if I wasn't doing a podcast, I would probably only watch the teaser trailers and not watch any of the other ones. But since we like to talk about these on the show, you know, I'll go ahead and watch them. But I'm still looking out for, like, oh, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. But yeah, it's just an awesome trailer. I just can't imagine getting any more hyped off of any other trailer out there. And that's exactly what these things are supposed to do. They're just supposed to get you so fucking stoked. That's exactly what this trailer did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I... I challenge any studio out there to cut a better trailer than this uh, this year. Well, I think they're going to try to, Mike. But they're probably going to fall short because this trailer <laughs> rocks. And a lot of people have said, oh, well, this is like Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. And I, I to them, I say nay. Nay, people. Because Led Zeppelin may be 80s rock, 
kind of like Guardians is, but Guardians of the Galaxy is very pop rock. They're very glamoury and like this is the radio hits. Led Zeppelin has songs about Lord of the Rings and Mordor and Gollum. And, you know, you listen to Dungeons and... You play Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s while listening to Zeppelin. Like, it's not radio rock. So for this, have Zeppelin in this builds that hype that much better. And by the time the energy gets to the end, you're like, okay, who's he going to fight? And then he's like, yeah. And you're like, you're you're cheering with Thor. Yeah. You're like, yeah. And, and, uh, plus, they... like, and plus, like, Zeppelin also has always leaned into kind of like these Celtic, like, uh, fonts and icons and stuff like that. And they always have some, like, some trippy album covers. And I think that just fits with the whole, like, Asgardian type of stuff really, really well, and, like, they just picked an awesome, they just picked an awesome song, and, you know, I say to those people who think it is kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, I say, like, who cares? That movie was awesome. Why wouldn't you want to put Guardians of the Galaxy vibe into your Thor movie? I mean, I'm so psyched. We talked about how psyched we were for this movie before we even seen any footage any any images we heard hulk and thor in a movie and we were sold mm-hmm. when we heard jeff goldblum was coming to the party we were double sold like when we heard hell was going to be in the movie kate blanchett we were like triple sold like like we're just doubling down we just keep like splitting our eights and playing blackjack we are so excited for this movie and it's gonna it's gonna be an amazing end of the year i mean we're getting some amazing movies at the tail end of this year and like i know we're, this is gonna get a little off track but i was thinking today like the lines of summer blockbusters have just totally blurred out like now like we have we have movies coming out in october like you know when summer has ended in that weird time we have movie these big budget awesome action movies coming out in march and and april and february sometimes like it doesn't even matter anymore like the summer the summer basically just exists now for maybe like a fast and the furious movie here or there which that just came out and it's april and some like is april even summer yet so like we're just getting these awesome like just crazy movies all throughout the year so it's just it's just really nuts it's like this wealth of just like eye candy of course some of these movies are not going to be good and we're going to talk about maybe one of those at the end of the show but uh Man, talk about a time to be alive. There are a lot of choices. We have a lot <laughs> of choices. Any month you could walk in and, and pick a movie and, and probably be very satisfied. This weekend you could go watch Fate of the Furious and probably have a great time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing. A couple things about this thing I want to talk about. You mentioned Kate Blanchett as Hella. In every every iteration she's in this movie, whether she has like the big spiky helmet on or like her Hot Topic style makeup, <laughs> it doesn't matter. She steals that fucking scene. Oh, she yeah. looks menacing. She looks dark. She crushes a hammer with her hands, man. Like, um, which I thought was very interesting. And also on planet Earth, if you look at where she was, she was in an alleyway on Earth, uh-huh. which made me also realize the end scene on Doctor Strange, where Thor goes to Doctor Strange. He has his long hair that he has at the beginning of the movie, yeah. not at the end. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, so maybe like uh, just off screen, you maybe Hella just like bitch slap Doctor Strange, and he's just like laying by a dumpster, like just unconscious. Mm-hmm. And the beginning scene, I believe, with all the fire and stuff, is a the uh, the realm of Muspelheim, which is the fire demon Surger's realm. Uh, I, I I have some other theories and stuff. I'm not gonna go into them, but I was just having a blast with this. We also get to see the fall of the Valkyries whenever it looks like they're fighting Hella at maybe an earlier point in history as well. Which um, the main actress Tessa Thompson from Westworld, she plays Val- a Valkyrie from that from that realm. So mm-hmm. uh, um, definitely interesting to see all this stuff when it comes out this November, Mike. We got Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, and Star Wars within two months Ooh, of each other. Oh man! Uh, and I know we're gonna start saving money for those now, Mike. We're gonna get there. 
But uh, that's it for Thor Ragnarok. You got anything else you want to add to that? I mean, just we're the, having a great week. We're having hype, a great week. The hype's out of control. Uh, I can't say which movie is going to be better, Star Wars or Thor, but Thor wins wins the teaser trailer. I mean, two teaser trailers coming out of, I guess, basically Disney in one week. I think Thor takes the cake for this one. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, I you think Thor beats Star Wars this week? Yes. In the teaser trailer land, I okay. was just more excited you know, I think people could maybe break down like cinematography and like you know, like meanings and subtext and stuff like that. But it's a teaser trailer. I just want to have fun. So, I agree. I think I'm gonna. I'm also gonna lean on Thor Ragnarok because of what I said earlier. Thor has more to prove than Star Wars does at this point. Star Wars mm-hmm. was very competent, but Thor has a lot to give us. So, uh, I'm really into that. I want to hear you guys. Let us know which one your favorite was this week. Tell us. Tell us. Tweet us. Facebook us. I don't care. Whatever. So uh, now we're gonna talk about Spider Man. But not the Spider-Man you want to talk about. This is the animated <laughs> Spider-Man movie that's still happening. Uh, they have cast uh, Miles Morales, the voice actor for Miles Morales, was Shamik Moore, uh-huh. uh, who made his name starting in uh, the indie flick Dope, and uh, Netflix's The Get Down. So uh, if you're you're big into The Get Down, I know, again, friend of the show, Quentin Parker, big on the show, always recommends it every time we talk to him, it seems like. Uh, he will be voicing Miles in the film, so um, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good news, but still, here over here at the Superhero Slate, we just want to know if this movie is necessary. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it comes down to is we just can't, we just don't trust Sony. I mean, we they, they like they can't just lean on those very first two Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire and and like have us gain their trust. Like they got to earn it back. So when they're kind of throwing out all these random animated Spider-Man movies that really just seem to only be made to make money and keep the license, obviously it makes me nervous. Uh, on the on the other side, maybe this creates this whole new animated universe or, you know, for these uh like superhero movies. And maybe that's going to be really awesome. So, I mean, that's always kind of a challenge when you're making a superhero movie in live action is you got to find a way to turn these kind of fan- fantasy ideas into real life, which sometimes doesn't translate well. I mean, look at some of the DC properties. A lot of that stuff doesn't translate well when you try to go too serious with it. So maybe if you're kind of in this animated kind of Pixar, DreamWorks-esque landscape, it's just going to be a lot easier to throw these ideas down. So... Maybe this, whether this movie is good or not, maybe we'll get some, like, stuff out of, like, Marvel Studios that's animated. That could be kind of cool, you know? Disney's awesome at making animated movies. Maybe they'll throw, like, another type of Big Hero 6 on the slate, you know? I don't know if we necessarily need a sequel to that movie, uh, but maybe we'll get another kind of deep-cut comic book that's, you know, uh, uh, computer animated. But, I mean, the casting's good, but I don't trust Sony, so I can't be excited. Yeah, well, I guess that, I mean, that's okay. But they also got Lou Schreiber, uh, known for X-Men Origins Wolverine as Sabretooth. Again, probably one of the best parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to be voicing the villain. We don't know who that's going to be. If I was to judge by his looks, I would say maybe um, uh, um, Craven, the hunter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I think his, uh, his voice does kind of match. I mean, kind of maybe even similar voice to what I remember in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. If my brain can even unlock any sort of audio sample from that far back, but um, yeah, I think that could work. Um, I think Craven. It's kind of funny, like I just said, like you, you kind of. It's easier to bring fantastical elements to it animated, and they go to the most like grounded villain that you could put in a live action movie. So that's kind of strange. But I don't know. Maybe we'll kind of get some other villains in there too. But uh, Miles Morales. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just really conflicted. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's 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 got uh, ups and downs. And if I was 
to say anything, I'm like, why not Sony, Marvel, Disney team up and start cranking out high quality animated films direct to DVD and digital, uh, like DC's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot people are eating those up, and you know, Marvel's not doing them at all. Sure, they're putting out you know TV shows, but DC's going to put out some TV shows soon that that matches and on the animated front. So I, I think direct to put out, crank out several two of these a year direct to thing, and you, Sony can have their Spider Man ones. Doesn't affect us. Probably go right under our radar, but I, I think it'd be a great a great opportunity that they're missing out here. So mm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. The Punisher Netflix show, uh, we got two bits of news here, and I think the first one's probably my favorite. Uh, the first look at the geared-up Frank Castle. Yeah, uh, we man. We get to see him with the iconic skull on, and it looks like either he's been shot in, in the chest a couple times on this armor plating, he's been beat up a little bit, he's looking worse for the wear, but by God, he's got <laughs> his skull on, finally. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's comfortable when he's beaten up. It's, he seems to be at home when he's got a couple bruises. Uh, just this, his his face kind of reminds me of a little bit of a less beaten up version when he was fighting in the prison, which mm-hmm. was a really awesome scene. So I'm excited to see how they can flesh him out into a whole series. Uh, honestly, I would be lying if I would say I'm not a little nervous about the Netflix universe after watching Iron Fist, just because it failed so badly, in my personal opinion, that it was just it was just such a drastic change. Like it wasn't just a gradual decline in quality; it was just it just plummeted. So hopefully that. That was just a fluke and it's not going to happen again because i think i mean a punisher tv show i mean i i never thought we were going to get that especially after so many failed punisher movies so this is awesome and um uh, i i mean i love uh what's his name again that's playing uh punisher john bernthal yeah bernthal that's right so i think yeah. he makes a great punisher i i think we can both agree we just want to see him use that big giant freaking gun that he stole he's yeah. he's gotta <laughs> use the machine gun god they better use it they're gonna tease us with it all season i bet yeah that's, that's basically do. his superpower is big giant gun so i want to see that big giant gun damn it that's right. That's right. So, uh, other than that, actually, the filming has wrapped on on the Punisher. Believe it or not, about the wow. same time, um, uh, Defenders has, and we got our first poster, a rap poster. Apparently, Marvel's CCO, Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada, who's known for doing art uh, way back when, has been doing rap posters. He's someone for the Defenders we saw a couple weeks ago, and now mm-hmm. he's in a Punisher one, and it kind of shows the characters off here, and I. I can't make anything out very well, but I believe the guy underneath his chin, the Punisher's chin, might be Jigsaw or has something up with his face. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot going on here. Uh, a lot of characters. You can't make out a lot except the characters, but they look cool. I love the black and white. And we get to see Karen Page over on the left side. Yeah, here, she's so. down there. Let's see. Uh, yeah, some of these actors like look familiar, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, they weave into the plot. But ooh, I'm looking forward to some Frank Castle. Yeah, aren't we all? I think I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. Also in the Netflix universe, Jessica Jones has started filming, so that means casting calls are underway, and some kind of casting calls may reveal at least a character or two here. Um, I'm not gonna go through all these, but if you want to check our show notes out, you can read here. There's one uh, being called for Doctor Kirby, and now these are not exactly their names they would use in the show because mm-hmm. that's how casting works. But he's 60s, uh, open ethnicity, scientist and free thinker, series regular. I believe he's uh, he also says one-year deal, which I think he's not going to live past this first season <laughs> or the second season. But I believe it to be the character Dr. Carl Malice, uh, who is responsible for developing that serum or those pills that Nuke took mm-hmm. and giving Jessica her superpowers on the uh, the docket that she had at the beginning and in, mm-hmm. or into the season. So I think he is going to be related to that. 
Um, other than that, it kind of gets uh, a little bit of uh, iffy on, on who these other characters are. Because uh-huh. a lot of them are new. But I think the next one might be a mercenary called Paladin. Uh, who doesn't have any superpowers, but might be tied into the nuke thing because they're both kind of mercenaries, like um, military people with who mm-hmm. come across superheroes. But other than that, I don't know anybody else. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they're going to go along with a plot line of maybe this uh, organization that created Nuke. Maybe they're going to try to recruit Jessica or something like that. You know, obviously they've seen her power demonstrated and how strong she is. Maybe they feel like they can recruit her, or maybe they think she's too dangerous well, and we got to take her out. So I'll, I'd be interesting to see how that goes. Well, I think the same person who gave Nuke his pills is a doctor who gave Jessica her superpowers. Like through like through the the notes she had, so I think they created her and they want to bring her back in probably or recre or recreate. Everyone wants to recreate the things that we did once. <laughs> that's that's how Captain America got started. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. It's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> and the last one actually um, is a very much a long shot, uh, but it could be the character Typhoid Mary uh, from Daredevil, the Ingrid character. Uh, it's a long shot, but people are really rooting for that to be the character Typhoid Mary. All right. So. I don't know. Jessica Jones is coming. They're filming season two. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, another great, another. It needs. We need another show with a season two other than Daredevil, and I think Jessica Jones will be. Yeah. The right so you're not. Movie. So you're not. You're. Are you not worried like at all about the Netflix universe? Any sort of trepidation there? No, not really. I think honestly, if 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 it has been a gradual decline in quality, Luke Cage is not a, a nine out of ten. It's more like a six out of ten if you look at the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know. Maybe they, I, to me, it feels like um, Iron Fist was rushed. It's a rush. Pro- we have to get this out to get to the Defenders. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really spend as much time building it up. They just kind of were like, okay, well, he's coming back from another country. We we just, this is a very convenient plot device where he doesn't have to know anything for about three episodes. And then he just does it. So I'm not really worried. I think they didn't know what to do with Iron Fist. And they just uh, had to crank it out and get it done with. So I think... Going forward, we're still fine. They've got the Daredevil season two guys running the Defenders. Um, uh, the Punisher was a like was a big hit in Daredevil, so I think they're going to run with that and do well. And and even more Jessica Jones, same showrunner. I think they're going to deliver more good stuff. So well, Chris, that's why I keep you around because you talk me off ledges. Yes, I please please stay away from that. You can't fly. You can't <laughs> fly, Mike. No matter how many times I tell you, you can't fly. But, but I, I, I mean. All I have to say is, like, I don't think you're going to be able to talk me off the arrow ledge. That's for sure. Oh, well, that's okay, because nobody likes arrow. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like arrow, I'm sorry. Not sorry. However, we have news for arrow. That's why Mike brought it up, because he's clever like that. <laughs> and, um, in, in this season, what are we in? Five now? Season five? Uh, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> uh, this is the end where, this is at the end, he can't do any more flashbacks, because he'll technically be off the island if he flashes back five years. Uh, he's been off uh, the island for a while. He's, like, gone to, like, Russia. He was in China. And all of, None of it made any sense. <laughs> yeah, well, they're bringing back the actor Manu Bennett as Death stroke at the end of the season and possibly next season is a villain again so um they're probably I, trying to rescue the show at this point because that honestly that's the last time i remember the show being any good is when deathstroke kind of came to um uh where what city is he star in? city star, star city C- now star city or whatever whatever city he's in uh when he so that was kind of entertaining but yeah i i, I quit the show uh <laughs> i quit watching it i broke up with it you know maybe about the mid-season I guess mid-season of this current season, so I'm not going back. Uh, I don't think this is enough to get me to go back. So, 
I don't think it's enough for me to go back either, but I mean, any of these shows should probably end after five seasons. I, I To me, five years is a great run for a comic book TV show. <laughs> um, otherwise, you're going to delve into Smallville territory, and nobody wants Smallville territory. Um, but in these last episodes of the season, you know, things are doing, Supergirl is bringing back Superman at the end of, of season two here. Not so, surprising. It sounds like two shows uh, reaching back to when things worked. <laughs> Yeah, reaching back to things people really, really like to have in the show. Um, I, I don't, again, I can't knock Supergirl too much. Uh, I haven't watched uh, any slash enough of it to care. But, um, I mean, if you have the opportunity to use Superman, why not use him, right? Like, yeah. Don't be I mean, stingy with your Superman. Yeah, I mean, I can't really judge Supergirl just because it's a show I'm not watching, so I'm not going to judge it if I'm not watching it. But the the attempts that the CW has made to get me to watch it have not been very effective because they've been you know trying to cross her over into the into the Flash universe and the last time I saw her was in the atrocious Flash musical episode which is just bad on so many levels I don't understand why TV shows think they need musical episodes I it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't even fit the theme of the show it's a superhero show no reason for it to be a musical. It just was executed badly. So that's the last time I saw Supergirl, and it was dumb. So, I mean, good luck, Supergirl. Yeah, they did. They tried to pull this over with the four TV show crossover event, and the last like two minutes were the crossover for Supergirl. So uh, they they definitely they're pulling wool over your eyes, Mike. Stay away from that. Uh, however, they have sadly been renewed for next year already, so we can't do too much on that. But next year, we got some other superhero TV shows to contend with, Mike. If, if you didn't know, Black Lightning, uh, we had our first look at Cress Williams as the main character, and I didn't link it here, so I apologize. Uh, but he looks a lot like Black Bolt. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. but I mean, we've, we, I mean we've talked about the show. Uh, we've talked about it when it was kind of rumored, and then it was when it was official. We've talked about the casting. We've seen some kind of like random concept art of, of him for sure, but I don't think we've seen anything official live action yet. So here's the official live action uh, poster of Cress Williams as Black Lightning. He has a Black Bolt look. Like they literally ripped off Black Bolt. His yeah, outfit. To he, make yeah, this. he does look Black Bolt with maybe souped up with a little bit more armor. The face yeah. mask is kind of strange. I, yeah, it's kind of like goggles. It's almost like a Robin mask or like a, a Nightwing mask with like goggle add-ons to it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it, it has that kind of Legends of Tomorrow vibe to it when I look at it. Yeah, well, he, he does because they use the background of Legends of Tomorrow. Here's some orange and here's some blue. Um, so that's him as, as, as Black Lightning, uh, I mean, Black Bolt, or whoever you want to call him, I don't care. <laughs> but it's looking very positive to get a CW series order. Now, it may not be a full series order, but it, they're looking like, yeah, we're going to pick up Black Lightning and throw him in that Thursday, Thursday night slot that we don't have filled just yet. So um, we may be I, watching Black Lightning. Check it out later this year. I, I just I hope tell you. I just hope they can tell a unique story with it. I mean, the CW has been so successful with all of these shows and they've told so many different types of origins. I think we just kind of need a new angle of what it's like to kind of be a superhero, you know, so when he eventually crosses over, it's kind of exciting, you know. I you know, I, I, yeah. I like I, I'm crossing my fingers. I it, when the CW shows are good, I'm having an awesome time. But when they're bad, I'm having a horrible time. So I've had awesome times watching The Flash. I've had awesome awesome times watching Arrow in the past. So hopefully I can have awesome times watching Black Lightning. Yes, hopefully they can keep up the money to, to keep up with all these shows that are looking like they're not getting cheap on their effects. So, uh, knock on wood on that. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Lastly, the TV, the X Men TV show, not Legion, but the other one, Gifted, based in the X Men uh, movie universe, looks like it's also about to get a full series order as well. Wow. Um, with, with the fall sweeps coming up here, I believe early May, late April, early May, we'll know more in that range. Uh, we'll probably have a whole TV show episode coming up late May. Uh, but uh, right now, it looks like Gifted is on its way to hitting uh, Fox or FX this fall. So, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Uh, well, wait and see. Wait, wait and, see. and see. You know, you know, I'm not on good terms with uh with uh with Fox and Sony. So we'll. Uh, see. I know it's so much that Sony blocked our whole video from the world. They heard Mike, <laughs> and they were just like, you know, take take your videos down. That's okay because Fox does give us good things, Mike, and you gotta you gotta forgive them sometimes because mm-hmm. they're gonna give us Deadpool two and probably the most surprise casting announcement this week. Josh Brolin, who plays Thanos in Avengers. Infinity War Marvel is Cable as well in Deadpool yeah, 2. Wow, I mean, surprising. This was the biggest news of the week for about five minutes until all of these trailers came out. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked when I saw it. It was just such a strange... Uh, not, it's not, I think it's good casting. I like the casting. Yes. It's just strange because he's so integral to the MCU right now. Obviously, he will come to pass because I think they will eventually defeat Thanos. <laughs> Hopefully. Save the world. Save the galaxy. Save save the universe. Uh, but I guess, you know, he's still... Josh Brolin still needs superhero work after that, but... Um, I always like seeing him move around in the superhero universe. I think I said back in the past, before the Batman was cast uh, with uh, with Ben Affleck, I thought Josh Brolin could have played an awesome older Bruce Wayne. So maybe, I don't know, maybe one day, maybe they'll make a Batman Beyond movie one day and he'll get to play Bruce Wayne again, maybe when he's a little bit older. But I love Josh Brolin. He's, he's so intense. He's got such a crazy, like like a badass face to him to which is kind of awesome to have when you're an actor that you can just like look at someone and be like I'm badass look at me (laughs) (laughs) so I think I think he'll make a cool cable I think he's gonna be a great cable as well I don't think this is going to affect his Marvel contract whatsoever because he probably went to them first that Marvel paycheck's probably a little bigger than that Fox paycheck if I was a betting man however uh his Avengers work is pure motion capture yeah not it's not his it is minor his likeness um, but it is not him. And then Cable will probably have some uh, techno-organic virus up his face as well. So he'll be adding some prosthetics on his there, which reminds me that Josh Brolin has come from a very, very, very bad superhero comic book movie. If you remember Jonah Hex from yeah. I, And he looked badass. I mean, I can't say anything for the quality of the movie because I didn't get around to seeing it, and I think there's a good reason why I didn't see it, but he still looks badass if you Google him up as Jonah oh, Hex. It it was a bad movie, and it also has <laughs> Michael Fassbender and Will Arnett. Uh, Fassbender does great Magnetos, does great stuff. He's, he's the reason Mike wants to watch Alien movies again. Yeah, and Will Arnett does a great Lego Batman. <laughs> he does, and, 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 and there's also Megan Fox, uh, who is in a horrible series, which we're going to talk about <laughs> later. Uh, but, I mean, there's just a lot going Mike Jonah Hex, not Jonah Hex, my, Josh Brolin has come from the bottom of the barrel of superhero movies. And is now the most in-demand superhero yeah, he is, movie. He is the after. cream at the top. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a good deal for him because I mean, Cable. I think Cable's probably at least a three movie deal. You're talking Deadpool two, maybe Deadpool three, definitely X Force. There could be a maybe if maybe if he's not in Deadpool three, there's probably maybe going to be a sequel to X Force. You know, Fox has got to hang on to what's working oh, yeah. for him. You know, so I think it's- we're going to be seeing Josh Brolin as Cable for a little while. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see some workup of. I know we're a little far off, but I want to see him as Cable. I want to see him in what is he? Is he a time traveler? 
Yeah. We don't even know if he's going to match his comic book counterpart, which if they don't, people are going to riot. But Yeah. I mean, to be honest, to speak the truth, I think we tried to pretend that we were excited that maybe Pierce Brosnan would be Cable. I think we just tried to find it in our hearts because he was kind of our Bond growing up because we were at the right age where like we didn't really care what was happening in a Bond movie. We just thought like spy movies were cool when we were kids. So I mm-hmm. think Pierce Brosnan was our Bond. So we're like, oh, maybe he'll be a cool Cable. But now that I think about it, Josh Brolin, he's going to be a way better Cable than Pierce Brosnan was. I I I I was all for Brad Pitt, if I could be <laughs> honest. But you know what? This a suitable replacement if they couldn't get Pitt. So we're going <laughs> to... We're gonna take it. We're gonna roll with it. That's this. We got some good news this week, Mike. Man, I'm yeah. all hyped. I love this next bit of news. This week, uh, we watched Kingsman before uh, before we went to sleep, and we have Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Our first look at some of the cast and crew, including the Statesman, and that includes Channing Tatum and Halle Berry and Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges is looking old. If I yeah, was a well, Batman, he almost looks like a different person when he doesn't have his facial hair on. Like honestly, you if you scroll by his picture, you're just gonna think maybe he's just some actor you may have seen him before. But you, you kind of need Jeff Bridges to have either some sort of five o'clock shadow or a mustache or something. He, he just looks like a totally different person, which maybe it's gonna work out well for the movie. But yeah, these well, these think- uh, screen caps are pretty cool. He's dressed like a southern gentleman. It might have himself a nice southern drawl while he's <laughs> drinking his whiskey here. But he does look like his brother, Bo Bridges, the actor, uh, very much so, rather than Jeff Bridges. Uh, Halle Berry looks like an airline uh, hostess uh, with some peculiar a peculiar haircut, at least to say, for Halle Berry. Um, and Channing Tatum in a <laughs> denim jacket and cowboy hat <laughs> with those horn-drimmed glasses, buddy. What do you think about that? Uh, he looks so badass. Like it seems like all of these Secret Service people need some sort of iconic glasses. So I guess that's his. Um, I mean, uh, obviously we never got Channing Tatum as Gambit like we were supposed to on any sort of uh, quick timeline. So at least we get to see him uh, now in the Golden Circle, which I think we agreed is probably going to be a better movie, whether that Gambit movie ever gets made. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're both. I mean, we were pleasantly surprised when uh, Kingsman came out. What two two years ago? So uh, yeah, yeah, this is a must see for us. We'll be doing a spoiler cast on this movie, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, really, again, the first one caught us by surprise. I think it was like the first the first month after we started doing the show, pretty much when it came mm-hmm. out. Um, but that second image with Shane Tatum, I'm pretty sure that's Colin Firth, man, out of focus in the background. Yeah, it does. It does kind of look like him. He's got the height. He's got the height and the, and the suit and the skinniness. So it could be a flashback again. But uh, really hoping they bring him back and, and, and give us Colin Firth because he was so good in the first one. So mm-hmm. good. So there's our, there's our uh, Kingsman and Statesman. Aquaman got some casting this week as well, uh, surprisingly, uh, in the form of Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Uh, known for his Expendables role, uh, he was in Rocky, I believe, as the Russian, mm-hmm. and uh, he did a Punisher movie in 1990. The Hulk man. Well, yeah. you, I mean, if you want these uh, underwater uh, people to look intimidating, you need them to be as big as possible. And Dolph Lundgren, he's a big old dude, so uh, that's cool. I think, actually, speaking of the the actor Dolph Lundgren, I think he's like really smart or something. I believe he has like. A PhD or some sort of physicist physicist background. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. But uh, as uh, as I think you you're guessing here is maybe he's a villain. I could see that. You need big you need big scary people for Aquaman to fight. Yes. So that would be like the third villain. This, this thing's like because we have Black Manta, Ocean Master, and now King Near. He's playing King Nereus. Uh, King Nereus is actually the ruler of another kingdom underwater called Zebel. 
X-E-B-E-L, like Rebel, but Zebel. And that's where Mara and her twin sister Siren come from in the comic books. So um, he's always like had a thing for Mara, which is weird. That's why he always fought Aquaman. So I don't know if they're going to go that weird or if he's just going to be there for a little bit. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but he's an underwater king. So uh, I don't know. I wanna, I'm excited. They're, they're moving along. Again, it was pushed back to December of next year, but I... I'm excited for Aquaman. Yeah, it's, there's a ch- keeps adding news. Yeah, there's people. a chance that we might get a teaser trailer for this movie when the Justice League drops, just because uh, Warner Brothers has been pretty liberal with bringing out these teaser trailers really early. Uh, you know, we got that Comic Con first look at Justice League like like a year and a half before the movie even came out. So maybe we'll get some uh, stuff Aquaman later in the year. At the maybe, end of the maybe, year. maybe San Diego might have Ooh. a little, little yeah. preview. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if they wanted this, if they wanted to stick to their kind of. Uh, their uh, release schedule. I mean, yeah. Uh, Warner what Brothers, else are they going to uh, give us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers, they, they got to go hard at, at Comic-Con for sure. I mean, if they want right. to compete with Disney's Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, exactly. They, they they don't have a lot next year like we've always like we've been mentioning. Yeah. So they've got to bring a lot to the table to yeah. really get people but, pumped. I mean, but, but Warner Brothers does have one other big franchise that they can kind of uh, count on. That's right, and, and that they have another announcement for this week with uh, Harry Potter uh, World and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them 2. We don't have a title for it yet, but please, God, change the title and make it smaller. <laughs> uh, Jude Law has been cast as young Albus Dumbledore, probably a one of the biggest figures of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, so I think it's just funny that they double down on the fact that they say these are not prequel movies, and it's like, it's pretty obvious you're making prequel movies here. Yeah, you might be leading to a, a different war, but like, yeah, yeah, this is these are characters we've all heard of before, yeah, uh, and things. But uh, Jude Law, I think um, he's not young anymore. I mean, Jude Law's like forties, uh, so mm-hmm. I think uh, you know Dumbledore, however old he was in those movies, I think he'll be fine. I don't, I don't see any issues here. Yeah, well, honestly, I, I mean, I'm like, I, I would probably just need to ask my wife to get the specific uh, chronological order of events, but. Uh, I was under the impression that Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies was like a really old, like, you know, like maybe a couple hundred years old. I don't think he was like millennia or anything like that, but I, I thought maybe he was like 200 or 300 years old. So I was trying to count back in time to like, okay, the Harry Potter movies, I think those took place in like the 90s. So Fantastic Beasts, that was the 40s, 30s? 50s somewhere it was, in that? It, it was very much like 30s a very yeah damper. yeah so like i'm trying to count back 50 years so like how do you age 50 years off of dumbledore what does he look like if he's like 500 years old so i don't know so i guess this is the answer it's jude law <laughs> yeah, so i mean if, if mike had just done a quick wiki search he'd have found out that dumbledore was only like 116 when he died uh, okay. uh sorry born sorry. in 1881 so he would have been 40 to 50 when he was in this era anyway and if he's supposedly looks younger than he is because of you know magic and wizards and all right well well i'll 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 concede okay good i mean i wasn't gonna argue with you it's facts (laughs) facts man so uh that that's it that's that's what um that's what warner brothers is is bringing to the table possibly but that's some new casting now so now we're gonna end what no go ahead Go okay, right well, I'm going to end on three trailers. we got three more trailers to talk about. We started with trailers, we're going to end with trailers. And we're going to start with Mike's favorite trailer. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. This is not Mike's favorite trailer, but it is a movie that we, we can't avoid. Transformers 5, The Last Night, the final trailer, uh, has hit this week. And um, it 
it's got a lot of like old Arthur mythology going on in this trailer. <laughs> We're not going to break it down too much, but by God, there's a round table and there are Autobots around this round table. There, um, Optimus has been tied up by some little person in space. A whole lot of stuff. Just a whole lot of stuff. And it, it makes me worried that it's going to be like the last movie that was like eight hours long. And I was like, is this over yet? That's how I felt when I was watching this trailer. Like, I just kind of zoned out for a second, and I I looked back down. And I was like, oh, it's been like five minutes. This trailer has to be over. Nope, it was like halfway done, and it's only like a two-and-a-half-minute trailer. So, <laughs> it's all, There's a lot going on here. Um, Anthony Hopkins recently said that Michael Bay was like a savant, and I'm like, I think Anthony Hopkins has lost <laughs> any credibility at this point by saying that. But there is a lot. This trailer is probably the the one that has excited me the most for this because I think they're trying to at least build mythos a little bit more because they had the writer group who wrote this rather than just um, Michael Bay writing it because he would just write action, action, action. And while there looks to be a lot of action, 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 I mean, it seems to be building on Transformer mythology. Like I was saying, when he Optus Prime is tr- chained up, there's like a little, like, old lady robot coming up to him and um she has these tentacles out the back they're traits of what are called like quintessen like an ancient race who helped spawn the transformers and all that stuff but um uh, overall uh i i don't know i don't know what to help is, is bumblebee dying or is he gonna die um, the biggest question is do we care do we care if any of the autobots die yeah i think uh, you saw this I did see Optimus Prime cut down like six robots with one sword swipe, though. So we're going to see some robot sword fights. I feel it's going to be too long. I'm going to watch it. On I, it. I've, I know you're not going to. I'm going to watch it. I mean, honestly, if Hollywood could do anything for us is just give us the Transformers Fast and Furious crossover that we want and that we need. Just put these big, dumb movies side by side, mash them together, and just give me the, the $2 billion movie that I wanted to see. Yep. Well, you know what? The, you know what it would be about, Mike. What? Family. It would be about family. That's family what. and cars. Family and That's cars. That's right. We're we're racing these robot cars because we both have families we're worried about. <laughs> Mike, they should totally do that by the time there are other ideas for Fast and the Furious. I was trying to figure out earlier how are they gonna fit nine in the title of Fast and the Furious Nine? Because <laughs> you got Fate of the Furious. It's uh, like nine of the Furious. N- n- nine fast. Fast nine. 99 miles per fast and uh i don't know <laughs> yeah well i was like maybe they're gonna go to germany and, and tie it in that way <laughs> they'll do but, a prequel back to when uh all of their grandparents were driving around in like these old cars old beaters in world war Two. yeah yeah uh no stop okay <laughs> anyway transformers we get the last trailer the final trailer they say so if you want to avoid spoilers don't watch anything else but we're i, I don't know who's gonna watch it let me know if you're going to watch it. You can tell we're flabbergasted over here. We are flabbergasted. However, the next trailer was probably my favorite of these last three trailers. And that's because it's 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 the history. What if Deadpool and Nick Fury teamed up? And, <laughs> and it's called the Hitman's Bodyguard because Nick Fury plays a hitman, the world's number one hitman, and Ryan Reynolds has been cast as his bodyguard. And the shenanigans they're going to get into. And shenanigans. Very, that is shenan- the best way to describe this trailer. They get into so many shenanigans, and and this is a this is a definitely a red band trailer. I feel because Ryan Reynolds at one point says he has ruined the phrase "motherfucker" for me, 
And I think they're just playing into their strengths at this point. Like, uh-huh. Samuel Jackson yells and cusses, and Ryan Reynolds is like, what the hell's going on here? And insults people. So, yeah. and I talk was about really a, excited about this. Yeah, and talk about another trailer with uh, an awesome music choice, is they play Whitney's Houston's I Will Always Love You <laughs> throughout the trailer, yeah. which is just hilarious. It's just great. This just seems like it's going to be an awesome action comedy. It seems like one of those movies... That was uh, written out of love. Like someone had this idea of like, oh, what if a hitman had a bodyguard? They wrote it. It's just been sitting in their desk for years, just waiting for it to finally get made. You know, he's probably been to meetings all over town. They want to make it, but they didn't want to make it. Then, Then Ryan Reynolds... And then Samuel L. Jackson comes along. It's just like a perfect marriage. And I feel like this is just going to be someone's like heart and soul poured out on the screen. And it looks like it's going to be amazing. I mean, the trailer looks awesome. I mean, I think this is, out of all the trailers we saw today, this was uh, the biggest surprise. Because I didn't even know this movie was getting made. I mean, how did this get, how did, the, how did it get as far as to a trailer premiere uh, uh, totally out of our radar? I mean, this looks awesome. I'm super excited. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I am really excited um, because, to me, this is the fan fiction. What if Deadpool pre-transformation as a mercenary was hired to protect Nick Fury pre-Shield, and they Uh just kind of kind of go at it? So this is someone's this is someone's Marvel fan fiction. They just turn into a movie, and they're like, we can't really use those names, so let's just change this here and here, and done. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the I think the action is going to end up being great because I'm looking up here now with the director. It looks like his uh, his last credit was directing The Expendables three, so he's uh, he's not going to be any stranger to uh, to uh, throwing action. some people around on like cables and stuff. So I think this will be really fun. I, I think one of the best scenes was that Ryan Reynolds talking to a hot dog vendor is like a car chase <laughs> and destruction just goes on all around. Yeah, him. like he's like he's ruining my life. I kind of hope he gets killed. yeah it's it's a a good one so you guys check out that trailer i think that's high on our recommend list out of yeah it it looks like it's going to be coming out uh mid-august so kind of right at the tail end of summer which is kind of where these movies end up landing uh so you know the beginning of the summer is kind of for those big uh tentpole movies this one i think is going to be an awesome addition i kind of get that um what was that Russell Crowe um, movie that came out last year? Um, oh, uh, well, the Nice Guys. Yeah, the Nice Guys. I kind of get that vibe a little bit with it. So, uh, but a lot more action. Yeah, I think we need we get a, we need a good August movie. So this one, and then Kingsman in September. I think I think we've got a good movie at least once a month here. That we're oh gonna yeah, wind for up sure. For. So yeah, check out the Hitman's Bodyguard trailer in our show notes. Look it up. Uh, definitely uh, not safe for work. For language purposes, in case you're listening to this at work. <laughs> Lastly, Mike sent this to me. We have a, a trailer for this movie based on a comic book called Atomic Blonde. And uh-huh. this is technically, I believe, the second trailer. Um, but it's got a bunch of comic book people in it as well, uh, I notice here. It stars um, Fate of the Furious actress, uh, uh, Fury Road actress. Uh, what's her name? Help me out here. Uh, Furiosa. Um <laughs> uh, right, uh, 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 we're almost there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I was like, I was like, Chris, just keep making noises. I'm about to find our answer. <laughs> yes. So Charlie Zaren is this uh, atomic bomb. This is set during the Cold War. It doesn't feel like it's set during the Cold War, but it's very Cold War. is based on a graphic novel called The Coldest City, and it stars a, a female spy. To me, I thought this was kind of like when I watched the first show. It was like, oh, this is Salt. But with you know uh, Charlie Theron as the actress, mm-hmm. but but it actually has uh, a bunch of people here. Charlie Theron, we got James McAvoy as like her like sidekick contact or whatever. Uh, John Goodman as uh, I believe it another like higher up agent. Um, 
Sophia Butella from Kingsman. She has the knife legs. As a, she's all over the place these days. Oh, yeah. Say. She's in The Mummy as well. And Toby Jones, who is um, in Captain America in The Winter Soldier as the uh, guy who puts himself in the computer. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But uh, there's a lot going on here with this Atomic Blonde movie. What did you think, Mike? I mean, you sent me the link. You were the one who was intrigued the most by it. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, is I watched it just out of context. I think maybe someone I follow retweeted the trailer, so I watched it. So it was kind of another one of those scenarios where I didn't know this movie was even getting made. And then I was, as I was watching it, I was like, I'm kind of getting a little bit of a John Wick vibe here. I could kind of see maybe how this movie got made because of like the popularity of John Wick. And then lo and behold, when I go look into the movie, when I look into the director uh, director's past a david leitch leech i don't know yeah. exactly how you say his name but he's been a stunt coordinator basically his entire life <laughs> like he's like just uh been on all of these awesome action movies so i think we're seeing a trend here of where these stunt coordinators are kind of coming out of the woodwork and they're just like hey guess what we can make awesome badass movies now you saw john wick you saw how much money it made you know just give us a couple million dollars give us some people that aren't afraid af- afraid to throw some punches around and we're just gonna make an awesome movie so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So this kind of looks like the, I guess, the female John Wick, maybe? So he he actually is a co-director of the first John Wick movie, believe it or not. That and makes sense. He, he directed, he is the director from Deadpool 2. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's so, awesome. This, I mean, this is going to be a good way to see how this guy kind of handles action properties. So, and it seems to be there's some humor in this trailer too. And we love, we, you know, we love Fury Road. We love Furiosa. So I think there's a yeah. lot of good stuff working here. Now I wasn't a hundred percent sold on, on the trailer itself. Like if, if movies were traded like stocks and this was kind of our first impression of what the movie would be, I don't know if I would be like <laughs> buying it up and, you know, uh, trying to plan for retirement. But I think maybe if I kind of go in with like middle expectations, I think I could have a good time at this movie and maybe be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. This is like a sleeper hit. This is, I think this is kind of like, I guess what Kingsman would be to, to people like Kingsman was, didn't get a lot of good press. And then when you saw it, word of mouth kind of spread. So this looks like it could be a good word of mouth film. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also think is funny that Leach, uh, his second unit directing experience covers a lot of recent comic book movies, including The Wolverine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, both of them, Mike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World and Civil War. So he has done a lot of, he's done, he's put the work in. Yeah. Uh, as as in all these movies, as a second unit directors and stuntmen. He was a stunt double for Brad Pitt. So I, I think, you know... You want actions, you want stunts, you want to see people kick ass, take names, and have a good time. Atomic Blonde with David Leach, that's where you're going to go. Yeah, that's- and maybe, I'm, and I'm hoping this kind of starts a trend of kind of bringing kind of like real action back to movies. Not like that atrocity like you see all over the internet of that like 47 cut edit of Liam Neeson jumping over that fence in Taken 3, I think is what that was. So like, hopefully we, this is just like a, in retaliation to that craziness, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I don't know if I'll go out and see it like opening weekend, but I think this is maybe like a Saturday morning, like like 10.30 a.m. showing that I just kind of like roll into after waking up. Let's see. I'm going to actually look up. When's the release date on this? July 20th. This is a late July. Wow, they, they have a lot of faith to put it in July there. And it looks like Charlie's Theron and Sophia Butella are making out quite a bit here in some of these podcasts. <laughs> Mike, is that the real reason you're going to watch this? I mean, I kind of forgot about that, but now when you said it, I think that is kind of burning in the back of my head a little if bit. If you like chicks making out in your movies, and then fight a little bit probably, this is probably your movie. So there you go. Atomic Blonde, go check it out. Uh, link in the trailer notes. Uh, or trailer in the show notes. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> 
But that's our show for this week, Mike. Man, we it has been a great, this, good energy this week, Mike. Good energy. A lot of, yeah, a lot we, of teamwork here. I mean, we just had a lot of awesome stuff to talk about. I mean, we've been waiting for a lot of these things. I mean, we've been waiting for that Thor trailer. We've been desperately waiting for that Star Wars trailer. We got some surprise trailers popping up out of the woodwork. Uh, we were forced to talk about Transformers, which is unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> I think all in all, it was an awesome week. And hopefully uh, you guys out there uh, are subscribed and you can just stay tuned every week for all this awesome news. Yes, before we go, I do have to say next week um, I'm at C2E2. I will be at Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo from Friday till probably Friday, all day Friday and all day Saturday at least, maybe some Sunday. I don't know. I've got to get back and record my podcast with my good old buddy Mike here. Yeah. But but uh, I have, I'm looking, I'm going to turn around and look, one, two, three, three big boxes full of comics I'm taking to give out. Um, two boxes full of just random goodies I'm going to be giving out this, this year and a bunch of other fun stuff that i'm just giving out i'm just giving it away i don't want it anymore uh you guys can have it take it from nice. me. nice i love it so, man. so follow uh follow us on our social media probably twitter it might be where i'd be doing it Post, posting pictures of where i am what i'm wearing superhero slate shirt of course and um, come find me and uh, get some stuff and and this is uh to do with comic ui which i'm gonna i'm gonna start my stuff here uh, you can follow me on twitter at valdan v-a-l-d-a-n uh, and, and learn where I am and what I'm doing at C2E2. Interviews. I'm getting my picture with Stan Lee on Friday, Mike. Really nice. excited. Uh, I'll be doing that at noon, so you won't even be up yet, probably. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm kidding. And then, um, you know, I'll be there uh, representing Comic UI as well as Superhero Slate and, and really just getting down in the dirty and having a good time at a good old Comic Con, Mike. You're, you're a busy man. I love it. Love every minute of it. So, Mike, if people are want to know what you're up to, since you're not going to C two E two, you have a you have a bigger show to go to later this summer. But you know that's that's a different story. Where can people find you at? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. And yes, that is right. Eventually, once July rolls around, I'll be at San Diego Comic Con on Friday and Saturday, the best days in my opinion to go. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that immensely. I always count down the days <laughs> until I get to go, so I'm really excited. But Chris, if people want to keep in touch with what you're doing at C2E2, I mean, come on, a picture with Stanley. Who doesn't want to see that? So where can they find and follow that? Well, I, j- I just told everybody, Mike, I did mine first, remember, but that's okay. You can find me on Valdan uh, at Twitter, V-A-L-D-A-N. So find me there. Uh, I'll post a picture of me and Stanley live. And then follow yes. us on Comic UI and um, you know follow the Super Slate Twitter because that's where I'm going to post everything this weekend. Again, C2E2, come find me. Let's hang out. Let's do some stuff and Comic-Cons. Yeah, woo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this I, if this is someone's first show listening to us, Mike, and they want to learn more about Superhero Slate, where can they find that set? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the places that we host our, our cute little show here. And you can find our show notes. So if you want to check out all these trailers we talked about, you don't have to hunt the internet trying to find them. Sometimes it's like a pain in the ass to look up trailers on YouTube because everybody rips them and throws them up there and puts their own crap around them. We're going to link you to exactly what you want to see. So you can check that out at SuperheroSlate.com, and you can subscribe to to us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram. And if you want to pick up some uh, Superhero Slate shirts, you can cop that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Maybe mm-hmm. if you want to rep us at your local Comic-Con, we'd really love that. So uh, if you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review, dropping us a comment, uh, just letting us know uh, if you like what we're doing. We really love that. And um, if you're a super fan of the show, like uh, like Jim is out there, if you want to be a Jim, everybody should be a Jim. What would Jim do? 
Uh, just share the show with a friend, <laughs> share the show with a buddy, and we'll we'll be here every week. And I and I'm 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 seeing those notifications on Facebook. I'm seeing you uh, seeing you guys out there sharing the show. I really love that. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing it too. Uh, I want to. I, I like it when you guys interact and you know tell people on YouTube they're wrong and then we were right and <laughs> give our show a thumbs up on that stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. It was a great week. Uh, tell us again. Tell us what you thought of the St- Thor trailer and the Star Wars trailer, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Did that? Yeah, Did you... yeah, that came through. That's God. louder than your voice. Oh, God, it smells. <laughs>